The information provided in this podcast episode is for educational and entertainment purposes only and is in no way a replacement for a therapeutic relationship with a licensed mental health professional. Welcome to Minding My Black Business. Dr. Janae Taylor, Dr. T, Janae, Nene, it's me. Are y'all ready? This is episode number 99. We are knocking on the door of 100. I am so excited um, to be here and share with you um, some more info about how we as black entrepreneurs can do a much better job of taking care of our emotional health as we build our black businesses. First things first, it's Black History Month, y'all. Happy Black History Month. You know, it is uh, Black History 365 over here. And because it's Black History Month, we're gonna double indulge, you know what I'm saying? We're gonna amp up the blackness, uh, multiply the melanin. You get what I'm saying. There was a a post in one of the Facebook groups that I'm in that are for podcasters and someone asked if uh, anyone was doing any special episodes for Black History Month. To which my response was, all of our episodes are (laughs) dedicated to Black History Month. We are a part of creating a space uh, for for those of us who are actively a part of Um, creating new narratives around what black businesses and black business owners can do um, and strengthening the the narratives that were there about the ways in which we positively impact our community so kudos to you all out there Um, I can't wait to hear about the ways in which you plan to celebrate the ways in which you might be doing things different for your business this month whether that means a new promotion a new product a sale um, maybe you as an entrepreneur, you're going to be somewhere talking or doing something. So I would love to hear about those things so that I can share them um, so that, you know, as many eyes as possible can get on your new events or new products and services. So I had to give that shout out to Black History Month. <laughs> it needed to happen. So on today's episode, we're going to talk about... We're going to talk about what people say about black businesses. What the people say about black businesses. So for real, y'all know that it seems like there are times where everybody does not care for black businesses. Does not care for black business owners. Um... And when I say doesn't care for, I mean, they have some pretty negative things to say about the ways in which black businesses operate, the ways in which black business owners kind of live their life, do their thing. And some of it, the power in which those words have is really can be really quite damaging. So we're going to talk about some of those things because I found that if we don't highlight some of the negative tender ugly spots that we have going on 
the more room there is to give those words and messages more power. So let's do it. Let's get into what they have to say about us, black business owners and black businesses. And I'm going to explain towards the end why this is important to have this conversation, why it's important to bring this up on this podcast. I'm going to I'm going to make it come full circle. Okay. So about a month ago, I'm having to recall in my brain. It was about a month ago. So somewhere between three and five weeks, we're going to, that feels like a safer, a safer estimate. I took to my social media pages and asked, um, what are some of the negative messages that you hear about black businesses, black business owners? Um, and I got some feedback. And so these, I was asking, um, fellow black entrepreneurs, um, or, or even those who are interested, you know, black folks who are interested in creating a business. This, this was the sample. These are the people I'm asking, um, would, would have you heard in a negative fashion about black businesses? It was very specific that I asked them, us, what we've heard about black businesses that's negative and not other groups because my primary concern for minding my black business is about us and I want to know what we are saying to each other and what we're hearing from each other and how we're being impacted by those things both positively and negatively we already know that we're going to get extra eyes extra targets from those groups that don't belong to us there's going to be a level of criticism that we're already all navigating but what's most important to me for this conversation is what is happening inside of our own group so that was the the sample that was the group of people that i asked it's a list of 10 things i'm just gonna go down the list black businesses don't okay so black businesses don't one make real money well what do you mean when you say make real money i think there is a notion that if you own a black business that you can't have a black business that sustains you and your family that you must also have a full-time job or several businesses or that you won't be able to bring in a livable wage in your black business. Now, it is true that there's a huge chunk, over 75%, um, and I'm saying that in that way because it might be actually closer to 80 or 82, uh, of businesses that fail in the first three to five years all businesses and, and most of that is due to a lack of capital so a lack of access to funds and a lack of education and not necessarily because it's a black business but if you're a black business owner it might be even more difficult for you to get access to capital you know with issues connected to systematic oppression lack of resources lack of knowledge of where to get these business funds or business resources and then education. So that's the other piece around maybe not having access to those educational pieces as a black business owner. So black businesses don't make real money. That's the first one. 
the second one that I've heard. Black businesses don't value their customers. So I'm seeing these memes um, probably more so on Twitter than I've seen maybe on any other social media platform about, I think it's specifically about restaurants. And I'm not going to try to quote it because I'm going to mess it up and it won't be funny anymore. But the idea is that the ruder the restaurant staff is to their customers, the more delicious their food has to be. So there's some, you know, some inside jokes about that when it comes to valuing their customers as relates to like the food service industry. But in general, I think this comment is connected to if someone is has a need as it relates to your product or service or maybe they need to get something returned or they have a question that black businesses and black business owners don't respond well, if at all, to these inquiries. That's the that's where that's coming from based on that feedback. I'm explaining these things and I'm not saying that they are true. I'm giving you context as to how this uh, feeling might might be a thing for someone. So we have black businesses don't value their customers. Black businesses don't make real money. And then the third one is black businesses don't exist outside of the beauty, food, clothing, and jewelry industries. So the idea is that people don't see us. So I don't fall into those categories. Um, a mental health private practice does not fall into the food, beauty, clothing, and jewelry industry category. We're more health and wellness. And so I think you're starting to see now more black therapists, more black mental health professionals um, having a really strong or or working really hard to have a really robust social media following to kind of work to combat this idea that there are no uh, places for black folks to go when it's time to seek out mental health services, that they won't be able to find a black mental health professional to work with. So there are definitely a core group of us um, I, I shouldn't say core group because that sounds like it's a really small group because it's actually a pretty large group of us who are working to highlight the different ways in which we do our work as well as highlighting each other, which is so beautiful about that. Um, and just in general, provide mental health information, mental health facts, expectations about what it means to, to go to therapy, how to even navigate therapy, how to find the therapist. My point is that we are out here. We are out in all of these beautiful industries. And, you know, this platform, Mind My Black Business, also was doing the thing where we highlighting entrepreneurs who are in some of these industries, but also outside. So you get to see them, too, because we all know that representation is so important. It's so helpful to know that um we exist in all these unique spaces um, doing these beautiful things. One, so that we know that it's possible. Two, so we have access to that thing. So the next time I want to, 
you know, uh, get some honey. Um, I know a black beekeeper, or if I want uh, a watch by a black-owned watch company, I know where one is. If I want perfume, I know where I can go um, to to get that. So um, if I need consultation services, mentorship, help with writing a book. Anyway, the point is, this can go on and on. That we exist in all these spaces and the hope um, the goal, the vision for this podcast is to knock some of that away to show that we are all over the place doing beautiful things. The fourth one, black businesses don't have quality websites. So I think we'll find that I think when it comes to like the promo and marketing sometimes, if that's not our, if we don't find ourselves to ourselves, so black entrepreneurs to be like computer friendly, then sometimes the idea of creating a website or even having like a Facebook page connected to the business can feel daunting, it can feel terrifying. And so there are some spaces or some instances I can even speak to when I have wanted to maybe visit a black owned business and I couldn't find the website or what I thought was the website took me to the Facebook page. Um, and sometimes Facebook pages are hard to navigate on your phone for businesses. But what we'll see now is that more often than not, our new customers are going to check us out online before they even cross the threshold of our business. We have to have a digital a digital footprint um, that looks new and engaging, updated for our customers. And so I think we could probably say we all have pulled up a website that looked that looked less than stellar. And, and it's in those moments that we would move on and go to the next, you know, person on the list. It doesn't necessarily mean it was a black owned business. But those less than great websites exist. And that's important to know and evaluate. And if you don't know where your website stands, I would use the people around you to have them check it out. Send them your link. What do you think about my website? People love to give their opinions. <laughs> So if you have questions about how things look to people outside of you, then then ask around. Ask around. Number five, black businesses don't keep reasonable business hours. Okay, so, you know, reasonable is a value judgment. <laughs> um... So I have lots of thoughts about this. Um, there's a good number of small businesses that only have that are solopreneurs that have um, less than five employees. And so, if the expectation is that you are going to be open from eight a.m. to eight p.m. seven days a week and it's just you or maybe you and two other people that's really tough to do 
Um, and what if all three of you all are family members, right? That makes it even more complicated. Um, I think people probably get most perturbed with business hours when they are not sure when they are, if they feel like they are changing often. Because, and I use this example a lot, Chick-fil-A is not open on Sunday. And we gripe about that a lot. That we can't roll through and pick up our whatever on Sunday from Chick-fil-A. But we figure it out. We either go (laughs) on Saturday or go on Monday or whatever other day. Um, And so for some people that might seem unreasonable that they're not open on Sunday. But guess what they're not doing? Chick-fil-A is not opening themselves up on Sunday. Doesn't matter what we say. So I think when people say reasonable business hours is two things. They want what they want when they want it. Which is how we all are, right? We all have that thing. We want what we want when we want it. And so when I want to come to your place of business and you're not open, then I am not okay with that. All right. Okay. But I think it is also important. So there might be a piece around ensuring when you change business hours or if you reduce business hours or expand them to um you know do your due diligence as a business owner to have those things highlighted and then sometimes even then you will have people who are looking right at the information and still choose to push your boundary so entrepreneurs you know take some of that with a grain of salt just make sure that you can communicate as clearly as possible as it relates to those those hours of operations So then, black businesses don't respect their customers. So I've seen instances where, um, especially when there are opportunities to review products and services on a website. And for us, these businesses are an extension of us. They are, it's so personal. And so if someone is leaving maybe a negative comment or less than positive comment about an experience they've had or um, their response or review of a product that doesn't feel that positive. I've seen instances where the response to that from the business can be a little a little harsh, a little spicy. <laughs> uh, and I and I don't think it's about not valuing the customer or respecting the customer rather, but if these things can start to feel really personal when people pull apart your business that you've taken so much time and energy to create and form and really usher out to the public um, for their consumption, whether that's positive or negative. And, you know, as, as business owners, we have to do our own work to ensure where we are um, when it's time to do that immediate response or that feedback to customers who may be less than pleased with you. That's hard to do. That's hard to do, to stay positive and professional. And um, so, yeah, think about where you are when you start to get that feedback. You're going to have to do it at some point. I've had to do it in real time, um, not necessarily digital, but I've had to have those tough conversations with clients when this when our work together is not a good fit. Their expectations for therapy versus what I offer and provide do not match. Um, maybe they've had a previous therapy experience that went a different way. Um, or maybe something is happening in their own issues um, that's making it hard for our work together. So 
yeah, sometimes that gets really tough when you have to, um, you know, respond directly to your customers and ways, you know, have those really tough conversations to get some understanding on both ends. Black businesses don't, number seven, black businesses don't have reasonable prices. <sighs> Y'all, okay. <laughs> Again, reasonable is a value judgment. Uh, so I've heard people complain about this. Like your t-shirt prices are too much or your, um, you cause you, it costs how much to do a sewing or, or whatever. Like I've heard this and at the same time, we will also spend money for other products and services that we deem worthy. So whether that's, a um, pair of shoes or a purse or a meal um because this is the conversation our internal conversation I had to have with myself I knew that my services were exclusively for the black community that's how I wanted it to be it took me a while to get there once I found it I stood firm in it and that's still where I am today last year in the fall I made a decision to raise my prices raise my rates and one, it was because I hadn't raised my rate since I started the business and everything around me had increased in price in terms of my membership fees, the insurance I have to carry, the rent for the office that I'm in, um, everything, everything around me had increased, but I kept my prices the same. And there were other, so I also um, see some clients through insurance and those rates were fluctuating. And so... It gets to a point where I had to have a, you know, like I had to have a conversation with myself <laughs> and the decision was you need to one, increase your prices and then that'll allow you to do some other pieces where you can have different price points for other things. So it won't feel like all of your cash flow is coming from providing therapy services, which is why we have spaces like the the digital academy where you can get the electronic worksheets and um, soon to come other resources as well but yeah and I think that is really hard to set your rate um, especially once you do the market research about other businesses in your industry and or even in your you know your region you do all that research set your price and then people push back on that and in some ways, it is a way to filter out those who might not be appropriate for your good or service or product. Um, and then sometimes there is a pull to I want to still be able to have prices in which it's able to accommodate a, a great deal of folks. So as, as an entrepreneur, you got to figure out what is your stance on that and what you're willing to do and what you absolutely cannot do and you got to kind of stand by your word on that you got to stand by your word so eight black businesses don't have relevant products i think this goes back to the number three that black businesses don't exist outside of particular industries i think there is a strong misconception that some of the things that we do might be outdated or behind the times when that is the furthest thing from the truth um our culture the black culture is being co-opted so many times 
um, but in so many spaces, in so many industries. Um, we saw it in the Super Bowl commercials. We see it on Twitter. Um, we see it on uh, memes. We see it on clothing. Um, they will just co-op our from our hairstyles to our words to the way we walk to the jewelry we wear, the food we eat, the places we live. We we are constantly being co-opted. They are um, wearing us like a uniform at times. So we are so relevant. We are constantly creating the way of being the standard and being mocked at the same time. Like that's the, I'm about to go off on a tangent. I feel it. I'm going to stop myself. (laughs) The point is, we are so very relevant. It's my answer to that. We are so very relevant. And the things that we produce is also relevant as well. Number nine, black businesses don't compete in national and international markets. So I think people think about black businesses as those people who um, who don't maybe have like websites um, or if they see us maybe vending, think that that's the only way the business exists when oftentimes there are people who are you know, at these fairs vending, but also have the store open as well. And might also be across town speaking at a, an engagement. Like sometimes people are in so many places you just don't know. But I think that's why I still assume that we don't compete on national and international markets. Now we might not get the highlight that we deserve, but we're out there. And I think as members of our community, it's, it's our duty to seek it out. To seek it out just do a quick google search before you're about to make a purchase is there a black business that's doing this thing then it's up to you to make your decision about whether you're gonna you know uh spend your money there recycle a black dollar or make a different choice lastly number 10 black businesses don't give back to the black community ah so that's important it's important this past week um here here in virginia i am in hampton roads virginia um we have a black chamber of commerce here called uh, black brand and we just concluded our membership week um last week and uh, the idea was to celebrate our current membership and recruit a new membership and inform the community about our organization. And I donated my time. I donated my time, a little money, because uh, <laughs> we had some events that, that connected to um, uh, visiting and acquiring services and goods from our uh, members that happen to have businesses so spent some money but I also donated my time so we had an instance where we were um, we did a -a call-a-thon earlier last week in which we were following up on people who showed an interest in the organization and so I gave of my day I gave of my Monday uh, from the business to to do this in the for the sake of the organization so it's important it's important to give back to our communities, our community organizations, 
Um, they can't do it without us. It has to be powered by the people. It needs to be powered by us. So those are the list of 10. And I'm sure there might even be more that you've been thinking about as I've been going through this list. But it was important for me to bring this up and let me explain why. Imagine if every time you're out in the community and someone is made aware that you have a black business or they're aware that you're a black business owner and these are the messages that are kind of like invisible but plastered all over your body that we have to dismantle as we are engaging new customers, new partners for collaboration, maybe even hire new employees, we have to do things that show them that we don't fit into these that list of 10. We're constantly doing that. So that's kind of the performance of being a black entrepreneur. Now also think about the level of weight and responsibility that carries and how we are burdened by having to prove ourselves in ways sometimes we can see and sometimes in ways we don't even know that we're being evaluated against. The amount of burden that has in your mind, in your heart, because sometimes that can be heartbreaking if you feel as though you're walking into a welcoming space only to learn that no, you have a few more hurdles you must jump. And then the physicality of it all, it can create stress and physical stress so you might have tension in your forehead or in your jaw your shoulders your back because you're feeling the way in which you have to explain to people essentially that my business is legit and i'm here to dump i'm here to carry out business appropriately effectively let's do this partnership so that we both can win so it's important to know that these messages are out there. It's also important to recognize when you're doing things to kind of combat those messages, performing in a way to sometimes even overperforming to show that, hey, I do care for my customers. I do value them. My products and services are relevant. I am knowledgeable about these things. Like we are constantly having to do those things. And because we are encapsulated in this beautiful melanin, sometimes we have to say it even louder, stronger, with more conviction than other folks. And that is a price that we pay. And sometimes it's a heavy price and it can wear on you. So on the other side of all that, this is why we as therapists talk about the self-care piece. When you come home, and the door is closed and you're taking off the entrepreneur uniform and underneath that is you. We need to ensure that you are doing things to reassure yourself that you got it. I got this. I'm okay. I'll be okay. And these are the things that I can do to make myself feel better. So whether that's having you know, whether you decide to journal, whether you decide to exercise, whether you decide to meditate, you find your your family and friends that you can talk to. Sometimes it's doing something creative. Sometimes it's having a good sleep hygiene in terms of, you know, your warm shower, or a hot bath and music. And you need to have your set of things throughout the day. But most importantly, once you come home at the end of the night.
to ensure that you have what you need, one, to power down and rest, and then to wake up feeling rejuvenated. So don't get caught up in what people say black businesses don't do. Just do what you do. And we'll follow. All right, family. Happy Black History Month. Enjoy yourselves. I'm going to enjoy myself. And we are one away from 100. Okay. Until next time. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did, family. We appreciate you listening. We need you to do us a favor. We need you to like, comment, and subscribe to the podcast. Also, join us in following the movement on our website at mindingmyblackbusiness.com. There you can find a Minding My Black Business merchandise, and you can also find our digital academy. Now, our academy is the place where we are looking to expand our resources, particularly emotional wellness resources for black entrepreneurs. And we already have worksheets there. We have more resources to come. You can follow us on our social media platforms. On Twitter, we are Minding My Black Biz. On Instagram, it's at Dr. Janae Taylor. And on Facebook, it's at Dr. Janae Taylor. So peace and blessings to us all. And when you're out there and they ask you what you're doing, don't forget to tell them, I'm minding my black business. Business.